you deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert, we're back together. Gills is back from Las Vegas, where he had a lot of fun. He met some fun people. Um, he played a lot of poker. Poker. Lost a lot of money. Watched his Steelers beat the Raiders. Twirled a towel around on national television. Yeah, Made I an did. appearance on the pregame <laughs> show. Shout out to Wally. For, yeah, uh, only Wally that. with his eagle eyes could spot that. Yeah, nobody else. <laughs> you looked so happy in yeah, that. I was in my happy place. Oh, just waving your pop, your growl towel. So I was Power walking towel. around the, the parking lot. Towel. Terrible towel. Terrible towel. And some dude, I was walking by the SNF set um, where they do the pregame show, uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, you guys want to be on TV?" I was like, "Sure, okay." So we all got in the line, and and you took your pants off, and then said, "No, no, 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 I can't do that." <laughs> We're sponsored by the Fridge, which uh, is a liquor store, but so much more. Get in there and get uh, all of your party needs. They've got snacks. They've got. Side, you know, your mixers, and they got even fruit and uh, whatever. And if you're in there to buy alcohol, they've got an expert on every section of the store. Just ask for help. There's no place in Aggieville or Manhattan that can help you like the experts at the fridge. Make sure you stop into the fridge at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. Also, before I forget, if you're not a subscriber to Go Power Cap and you're all in on this Kansas State football team, two months. One dollar. That's a special that lit up at midnight last night or yesterday. I'm getting confused when I'm speaking and when they're hearing. But yes, two bucks. Jeez, Zach, I'm two months. Two, two months. months One dollar. So basically, if you subscribe right now, you will get all of October and November of football season, and even I don't even know when the championship game is. Even leading into the championship game. You'll get all that for one buck, one stinking dollar. And then that's a two-month test drive. And if you're smart, you just keep it going. Just keep it going and stay on Go Power Cat. Two bucks for a month, but that ends soon. 
It's a flash sale. It ends sometime this week, Thursday. I think Thursday. Yeah. You got to get, get gotta, it done by Thursday. Don't mess around. Go click that green join button, get it going, and let's get going with the PowerCap podcast. And the questions from Wabash Station asked by the very VIPs you can become. Ryan Gilbert, go. Good Read. job, Fitz. Good job. Before we recorded, you told me to remind you from I, the sale. I, I, reminded, I didn't have to remind you. I, remi- I reminded myself. Good job. Tim, don't be an idiot. I hit that voice in my head a lot. Go ahead. All right, let's go, because Zach's in a hurry. Zach's got to play golf. (laughs) Biggity Bass Cat is new to the site. I'm sorry, what? Biggity Bass Cat. That's a great name. Or is it bass? Bass? I I don't know. I think the the fishing theme right now. Is it fishing or is it guitar? I don't know. Biggity. Why would it be Biggity Bass? Oh, it could be Biggity Bass. Anyhow, we're going with bass. Um, Tell us if we're wrong. With it being a new member, it's got to be the fishing theme. They're going off A lot of fishing going on right now. Yeah. Anyways. You know what bass is? It's B with an ass on it. There you go. No cursing. Sorry. <laughs> Does the 48-0 beatdown of Oklahoma State last year still linger in either team's mind? Does OSU presumably come in motivated to get revenge? Does K-State come in confident that they can whoop the pokes again? Well, we have someone on our panel here with a unique inside of Oklahoma State. He was one of them. He was part of... <laughs> He was aspiring to be one of the paddle kids. What do they call them? Paddle people. Paddle people. Paddle people. That's what they're called. <laughs> so politically <laughs> correct, even for the ag school. The paddle people, which is, by the way, one of my favorite things in the Big 12. Zach, is Oklahoma State done, or was that an aberration last year? That's, uh, that's a big word, Gil. Say, don't look it up. I don't know. It, when you look at what they've done this year, I think that you would expect K-State to have similar success to last season. But, you know, it's a weird it's a weird game. It's a, it's a night game on a Friday night. After an off week. After an off week, week I think anything can happen. I think that, you know, if, if Oklahoma State is going to rescue their season, they need to win on Friday. I think it's a must win for them. If they are going to continue their long bowl streak, if they are going to, you know, play for Mike Gundy, I think it happens this week if it happens. I, but on I the other hand, agree. but on the other hand, K-State looked really good against them last year. They've struggled in the past in Stillwater, and I think they're ready to make that move and and get over the hump. Cuz if K-State wins this game, it gets a lot easier to look down the schedule and say, "Well, that game's winnable. That game's winnable. That, that game's winnable." Um I I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout. But I, I like where the spread's at. What is it, about 12 points? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I could see this being a 10-point game for sure. I think that K-State wins, but I think it could be a little closer than what, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not terribly confident in a beatdown like last year from K-State. Gilbert, I feel like this is their Alamo. They got to build their walls and defend their home fort as best they can they can't afford to lose let alone lose dramatically this is not a good Oklahoma State team and it's not because of a lack of skill although they might have that at quarterback it's just because they're not bought in there's no locker room environment from what I'm told it's just kind of lost his team which is horrible and maybe you can regain that in an off week I don't know I talked about in the walk and talk it's impossible there's a lot of unknowns here I would lean on the side of a K-State three-touchdown victory more than a loss. 
But again, it's hard to read exactly how this will play out. But this is why this is so important. First of all, I would like to say how odd Oklahoma State's schedule is. The, the Big 12 did them no favors. They have no games in Texas this year. Well, they have one game at Houston. None with the um, the current Texas schools. None. So they play this game, and then next week they have KU coming in, and they're pretty good. Then Cincinnati. Do they really have all these games? Oh, they got at West Virginia, and then Cincinnati, and then Oklahoma. Okay. At UCF, at Houston, then they play BYU. They play all four newcomers in none of the existing Texas schools. It just doesn't make sense how their their schedule got lined up. It should be a really friendly schedule to them, but it's not. Now that they've gotten into the season, they're not. If, if they don't beat K State, they're not beating KU. They're not winning at West Virginia. They're not beating Oklahoma. They're not winning at UCF, and BYU might get them in Stillwater. This is this is a complete meltdown. If if they get blown out by K State, that program is just going to fly apart. And I know a lot of K, excuse me, a lot of Oklahoma State fans now uh, are kind of on that that weird spot that fans get in when their coach is struggling, the team's struggling. Like, yeah, I want to win this game, but if we lose and it's really bad, maybe we'll have a new coach. So it's it's an interesting situation. In Stillwater, how quickly they've gone south, and really, it started with K State's blowout last year. If this was a normal Mike Gundy team, then absolutely this is – I mean, it is a must-win for Oklahoma State, but the urgency, is that going to be there? And that's a question mark. Maybe Mike Gundy, after a bye week, is able to turn his locker room around and get them to buy in. There's still a real chance for them to make a bowl game if they can can beat Kansas State, but that's far from a given. That's far from a guarantee just because of the way that this season has started for Oklahoma State. You know, if this was a, t- a two-loss Oklahoma State team that had lost a couple games by a couple points, then boy, you're you're scared if you're Kansas State coming off of a bye week. The the, the Cowboys are going to be ready, but both teams are coming off of a bye. Kansas State, with its Big Twelve title aspirations, needs this win just as much as Oklahoma State needs it for themselves. And so, Kansas State's bought in. Oklahoma State may or may not be bought in right now. They beat Central Arkansas 27-13 to open the season. I mean, right there, there's a red flag. They then go to Arizona State, which might be the worst Power 5 program out there right now, <laughs> and only win 27-15. So we see some consistency here. They come home at 2-0. and Coach Michael Smith and the South Alabama Jaguars pound them 33-7. to in Stillwater. Then they go to Iowa State, and we all know how potent Iowa State's offense is. <laughs> they score 34 points to win 34-27. I don't see how a week solves this problem, but I might be wrong. From Jay Boland, PSU, what does the outcome need to be this Friday for you to feel good about the game? Obviously a win, but referencing more to the performance itself. Well, you're entering a phase here of very winnable games, but you need to assert your identity. Now, let's go back a year ago when K-State beat Oklahoma State 48 to nothing. What did they do the next week? They went to Baylor and thumped them. So I feel like this game could play a pretty significant role in leading up to next week's trip to Texas Tech, which I still see as a, a fairly significant challenge, even though Tech's had some struggles. They, they have some talent. He's Jerry, Jerry McGuire. I do it every time. <laughs> Joey McGuire is a uh, good coach. He's a high school coach. You know that? Just coaching college football. Made that clear a lot two years ago at Big 12 Media Days. Hey, hey, football's football. Football's football. Except the 
players are a lot bigger and you have to recruit them at college. Anyhow, um, yeah, I think it does play a role. I think K-State should and will win this game with the comfort level, but 48 to nothing. That ain't happening. That was everything lining up and going right for K-State. But it's now K-State's time to kind of become a bully. They bullied UCF in the second half. They pushed them around at the point of attack. K-State's offensive and defensive lines are good enough uh, to push everyone around in this conference with one exception. And, you know, you, if you can get to that exception in four weeks, in four games, at 7-1 when you go to Texas, by far the most talented and potent team in this conference, then you've got a fighting chance. You don't even have to win that game, though. You just have to, you know, come out of it at 7-2 and two and continue to play good football because then – your next toughest game is at Kansas, which I think KU's pretty good. I'm I'm bought in for the most part if Jalen Daniels is quarterback, and that's an ongoing question. But there's no reason why, looking at the schedule, K-State shouldn't be 10-2 and and 8-1 and in the Big 12 at season's end and probably returning to Arlington to, to play Texas again. And we know what happened last year when K-State played a team that lost to in the regular season in the Big 12 title game. We'll just to see what happens. But this one, you got to get some momentum coming out of it. I will say no big plays on defense yeah. is what I would really like to see as far as just on the field, the performance, cut those out. If you win the game and you still give up a few of those big plays on defense, there's still question marks on this team. Guys, they, they've played Central Arkansas, Arizona State, South Alabama, and Iowa State. And they're only averaging 343 yards of offense a game. Their offense is one of the, one of the worst in the Big 12. Only because the Big 12 is stinky this year is it not the worst. But they're just not moving the ball with any consistency. The quarterback play is far below average. Um, you can try as many quarterbacks as you have on the roster. They're all bad. You're playing the least bad of your options right now in, in Bowman. I think for me, if they win by 10... I'd be fine with it. I'm not going to be disappointed by a 10-point win, but I think... Unless you bet on K-State to cover. Sure. If you do that, then then sure. But I'm not... I don't plan on... If Will Howard goes and slides down at the one-yard line to run out the clock and... Yeah. Cost you a cover. Great. Great football play. Terrible... (laughs) Terrible bank bank account play. Um, But if if K-State is up, let's say, two touchdowns midway through the second quarter is probably about the point where you feel good about the game and then if they're able to keep putting on points from there. They've been really good about getting points on that first drive, getting touchdowns each week. Can they get more points earlier in the game in that first half? What can the halftime score be? Because I think that that's the biggest thing that I would want to see is how much of a lead can you take into the break? You're right. If it gets too significant, particularly if it's significant and Kansas State gets the ball to start the second half, I think Oklahoma State quits. Make teams quit early. Yep. I agree. Can we do T-shirts with that? (laughs) I like it. Hashtag make teams quit early. Did you say quick? I did. Make teams quit quickly. It's a bad screen print mistake. Mm, Sending those shirts out of the country. My brain once again uh, offered a different word than what my mouth was seeking. Like in bath. Let's move on. NBAF, like I once said. (laughs) From KSU number one, how insulting is it that K-State actually dropped out of the polls 
and two lost teams are still ranked. Oh, there's only one LSU, I believe. I think. I just I did my daily delivery on that today. It's the whole circumstances are frustrating for me because K State was 17, right? And they lost to Missouri and dropped out of the poll. You lose at an SEC program upon their home field by three points at the buzzer, and you drop 10 spots, essentially. They dropped to 27. That made no sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. But now we're finding out Missouri's actually good. They're 5-0. and They've got LSU this weekend. And Kansas State still seems to be carrying the tag with voters that they have a bad loss. So they were 25th in the AP poll, which is, you know, the media poll last week. And and then we saw Louisville and Kentucky win some games. They're now unbeaten. They needed to be in the poll. But other teams lost and stayed in the poll. And K-State won their previous game, had a bye, and dropped out of the poll. They're still being tagged with a bad loss in the mind of voters, the same voters that now have Missouri 20th. And if they beat LSU, we'll probably try to put them in the top 10 because it's the SEC, right? But apparently losing to that same team is bad for Kansas State. None of it makes sense. I think poll voters are generally lazy. It used to be a big deal to be a poll voter, and now I get the feeling it's, it's just a nuisance, and they don't put in the homework. It used to be a big deal. You were chosen to be it, and you took it very seriously. And I don't think this, this generation of voters really cares that much. I agree with you, Fitz. K-State, you know, when you do the math between Mizzou, they're unbeaten, K-State loses to them literally on a 60-plus yard field goal. It shouldn't be that bad of a loss for the polls. But at the same time, we're talking about week five, week six polls. Does it really matter? I don't think it matters at this point. It does matter. Not at this point, but if you've got so much ground to make up. I get that. But also, if you win out... And if you win the Big 12 championship game, I don't think that K-State's going to be outside of the top four. Well, we'll find out. I mean, if they're a one-loss team and win the Big 12 title, yeah. But I can still see some voters, if Missouri ends up 8-4, and going, that's a bad loss. No, it's not. I mean, you forgive some really bad performances by name brands. It's, It's incredible to me how they justify that. I mean, Georgia's going to lose a game this year. There's no outstanding They are team. not the number one team in the country. Hey, God bless the NIL. It has evened the tables a lot more than we ever imagined. And plus, also, we're seeing the last remnants of the COVID year. Will Howard and any true freshman who played in the COVID season of 2020 will be the last ones that could declare next season for a sixth year. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me. But I think that's even the tables. It's allowed some of these programs, let's be honest, players aren't staying for their COVID year at Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. They're off to the NFL or the coaches want them off the roster so they can get an NFL guy. They are at these schools. It's making a difference. But the NIL now is allowing schools like Kansas State to make sure and Avery Johnson stays at home. You know, I don't, I'm not saying they got him because of the NIL, but his value to the Kansas State program would be higher than his value to a Notre Dame or even an Oregon. It just is. And I think it's, it's allowing programs to keep some guys that are very valuable to their program. I'm all in. If K-State's not ranked after next week, if they win, yeah, it's an issue. But I don't think that's going to happen. This this ranking conversation though really is probably going to matter more in a twelve team playoff because if you're the right. bona fide number one in the Big Twelve, yeah. you're 
probably getting in, right? If you're nine and three, then you're you're kind of on the bubble for that spot. Then these rankings truly are going to matter every week. I agree. I mean, if if Kansas State would uh, um, lose two more games, end up seven and two in the conference, nine and three overall. You know, even if those losses were to Texas and guys, there's no one else of value on this in this. Let's let's say I'm not going to say Kansas because I think without their quarterback they're going to be mediocre. West Virginia is getting better. Well, they don't play them. Oh, there's this weird <laughs> hypothetically, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they had Oklahoma and lost to Texas and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma went six and six or whatever, I still don't think Kansas State gets in with three losses. I think two losses, even in a 12-team playoff, they'll be pushing the envelope because the same people that sit out there and say. You know, we got to play the games. They're going to look at an SEC team at nine and three and say, "Well, they played a tougher schedule." When in reality, they probably didn't. They probably didn't because every conference has their bottom feeders. And you know, I I would argue against anyone from the Big Ten with with two conference losses isn't worthy of the playoff at twelve teams because that conference is horse crap. See, I think with twelve teams and no Pac twelve, I think your championship game participants are in the playoff. Like, I think a championship game potentially becomes redundant. It might hurt you at that point once the right. the conference or once the, the playoff expands. Well, I guess that's a good way to look at it. Like, K-State loses twice to Texas and has a loss to Missouri at, and now at 10-3. and three, Yeah. I, I can see well, they've, they've lost three games. We can't put them for Big 12 team lost three games. I can see it. But you're the second best team in your conference, so you should be in the playoff. I don't know. You know the thing about when they announced, you know, they're they're going to go to five automatic bids and seven at-large bids. That's all great. I want to know how you're picking the committee. That's my thought. Is the committee going to be balanced across college football, or is the committee going to have more SEC and Big Ten teams represented on it, schools represented on it, than everyone else? I mean, it's even right now, is it not? It. That's what I. That's exactly it. They've changed the rules. I want to know yeah. if the rules for the committee have changed, because that's an SEC trick. I can see them pulling. Okay, we'll only we'll only guarantee our champion. I, we get that, and then but we're going to have four schools on the committee. You know that kind of crap. We we are college football. We're going to have four. Daphne agrees, one hundred percent. Last question of the first half from Momo Cat. Momo! Will this be the first year in who knows how long that we won't have a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown? Y'all going to get one. <clears throat> Said with no confidence. You sure? I don't know. It's when funny. was the last time they didn't have one? Ugh. It hasn't been that long, has it? I thought there was a yeah. season within the last 10 that didn't have anything, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The well, easiest just... part of the pregame edge for me is always special teams. Okay, just type in a sentence, they'll get a splash play. And that hasn't happened this year. I happened. think this, this week with Oklahoma State, it's finally going to be time for me to say no. Until you prove it, there's no guarantees in special teams. And Randon Plattner was the, the highlight of K-State special teams against UCF. That's We love Randon, but that's not necessarily a good thing. What a great tackle, though. He was the only one that read that fake punt return that was brilliant by UCF it was compounded by the fact that the punt went 69 yards so the guy that was sneaking back had to go a long ways to go get it but I was fooled I was didn't look up at the punt I looked up like while the punt was in the air so I didn't locate the ball and I fell for the guy doing the fake catch 
but Planner didn't, and then he had an open field tackle. He's going to be teaching that class on campus next season. Open field tackling, advanced open field tackling. I, I really do want to know. Maybe we should look this up in the break. When the last time it happened? We better break so we can look that up. When was the last time K-State didn't have a special teams touchdown? I don't even know how to find it. Mm-hmm. I can, I'll look it up. We'll be, back in, for. we'll be back in an hour. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I know you're not coming to town for a football game in quite a while, because this is a weird two games on the road after a bye week stretch of games here. But when you do, make sure you come to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor and check them out. Make sure you get all of your pregame party needs right there. Short drive then to the parking lot and let the party begin with fresh liquor and beer right from the orchards of the fridge. Picked right of the day of the game. The orchards. The orchards. Uh, we are efforting to find this stat for you. I'm at 2012 when we're still seeing a return for a touchdown every season. I'm going to go into 11 now. It just takes a while. I think that it. I was wrong. It has happened a lot. We don't know. It was. It's been at least ten years. At least ten years. Yeah, it's been at least ten years since Kansas State did not have a return in terms of punt or kickoff for a touchdown. Here we are at 2011, and this guy named Tyler Lockett had two touchdown returns. Did he ever pan out to anything? Did he? Is he like selling cars now somewhere? I don't know. I wonder if he likes the rain and clouds. Mm. Anyhow, on with your questions from Wildfire Station. Remember, we're having a sale right now, two months for a buck. Usually we have the test drive of one month for one buck, but this will get you through the end of the football regular season. Two months for one buck at gopowercat.com. It ends this week. Do not mess around. Just take a, Just hit the pause on the podcast right now and go do it. And then come back, and we'll still be here. That's what's cool about a podcast. We're just waiting to talk to you personally. Whenever you want us to talk to you, we will. I wonder if that will become a thing. If I wonder if AI will be able to, like, replicate my answers and then just, you know, have, like, fits on demand in my voice. That's scary because it's not that far It'd be off. a lot better than you. Yeah, true. True. And... Let's move on now to your questions from Wabash Station from the only guy AI could never replicate, the one and only. Zach Carlson. Ryan Ryan Gilbert. Ryan Ryan Gilbert, that was a setup for you. Go. From Big Sam. If you want to be like Big Sam, you could be a VIP subscriber and ask questions. Mm -hmm. But Big Sam wants to know, in light of this week's results and game action, is it possible some of the down teams on K-State's schedule are more of a concern than we thought a week ago? No, I mean, 
I look. I don't think Baylor's very good. I think Baylor overthought their game plan with UCF, and then they decided, hey, what if we run the ball? And they just started to dominate that game. Until UCF figures it out, they're going to get their ass kicked. They're going to get their butts kicked in in Lawrence on Saturday because KU can just line up and run the ball even if they don't have Jalen Daniels. So I think what happened with Baylor was just an oddity, and I don't think they're very good. I think Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Houston, and Cincinnati are all pretty mediocre. Cincinnati maybe is the best of that group. I still can't explain why Vegas had Cincinnati a favorite to win at BYU. It made no sense to me, and watching the game, it made no sense. So, yeah, I, I think K-State's got to open the door not to win most of these games. They just simply do. I think it's interesting that West Virginia and Oklahoma, Texas and K-State are all the f- – I don't know what the analytics was, but some site put out their rankings, computer rankings – those were the only four teams that had a greater than 1% chance to win the Big 12 championship. Hmm. And two of those teams are not on K-State's schedule. So I think that if you look at that, and based on that, I think it's pretty easy to see a path for K-State to the championship game. Just, you know, I think that the down teams are down, and the teams that may be looking up, Casey doesn't have to play. True. West Virginia has been the biggest surprise of the conference this year. I'm not sold on Oklahoma. I think they get thumped this weekend, but they don't have many tough games on their schedule. It's going to be very interesting if Oklahoma and K-State get to the end of the regular season with one conference loss and didn't have a head-to-head game and they played Texas but both lost. I mean, that'll be interesting to see where we get to the tiebreaker before they decide who's in. Would Casey, no, you'd be the only two lost team or two, the only two one loss teams, or would Texas? Well, that, that changes Texas everything. Be undefeated. If Texas is undefeated and KU and KU, K State and Oklahoma are the two one loss teams, you, you we'll have get, we'll get hey, through the, we, we'll, we will get yeah. through the tiebreakers in a little I'm bit. I'm going to pull yes. Zach and say, hold this conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to those. See, I don't know the questions. How am I supposed to know that you guys were plotting against me? Weren't plotting against okay, you. Okay, that's not. I'm I'm at uh, 2007. <laughs> You're still going. <laughs> Ron Prince has kept up the magic so far. Let's oh, check his first season. Uh, Jermaine hey. Morera in 2006. Well, he had a guy named uh, Jordy Nelson too. So. I just remember that first game. Jermaine Morera is running down, and then Prince is running with him. Everyone thought that Prince was the real deal because he did that. Yeah, we were wrong. I mean, he seems like a pretty good coach if he had a team with a return touchdown, right? That's oh, what he, matters at special teams, you. Yeah, that's what matters for this podcast. It, it, he wasn't a bad coach. He was just a horrible human being. He couldn't keep his program together. So let's go to the next question. Real quick, I will say that yeah. I don't think any of K-State's teams, the, the programs on the schedule are going to get maybe tougher to beat. But Kansas State getting injured is going to be the biggest thing that might hinder the K-State's chances of of having – games get uh, more or less difficult. I don't know what I'm saying, but injuries. It's not like you're K-State, just saying right? words. I, I think it's less about what other teams do. It's, it'd be more of what K-State can or can't do. I'd agree. Yeah. Okay. Came agree. to Elevate. Next question from Came to Elevate. In light of how weak most of the Big 12 is looking, is there a path to the Big 12 championship game for K-State if they have two conference losses? Well, again, it comes to those 
Tiebreaker. Well, it's, before the tiebreakers, it comes down to you know looking at other teams' schedules and seeing well where where they're going to be two losses. You know, I think OU is probably the biggest competitor for that number two spot with K State. If it comes, to, you know, we're assuming a loss at Texas. We're assuming a loss to someone that's not going to be in the tiebreaker situation. So, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, hoping that OU gets a second loss, and then you'd have to go through all the tiebreaker procedures, which will it's still later in the in the podcast. We will ask another question about that. Um, yeah, there's but, an interesting yeah. situation here. I I think. Oklahoma's got an easy schedule. I mean, they play Texas this weekend. Then they have UCF coming in to Norman, and I think they should win that based on what we're seeing now. Then they go to Kansas, and that could be a trap game for them if Jalen Daniels is healthy. Then they go to Oklahoma State. Then they have West Virginia coming in, and they they go to BYU, and then they end with TCU and Norman. These are winnable West Virginia could be a tough one for them, though. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I That's they, probably like looking at KU and saying that could be a tough game for them. This is the, I don't I know. Mean, seriously. Yeah. Oklahoma could be 11-1 and one with their only loss to Texas and not be a good team. That's how bad the conference is. I mean, I mean they'll be good, but not a great team. And that's exactly why I think K-State should be at least 10-2. and two. Same principle. The conference is – I knew Oklahoma had an easy schedule, but the conference is far worse than I, even I expected. So there's a lot of wins out there. Whoever loses on Saturday between Texas and Oklahoma, if you're a K-State fan, you want them to lose one more time, right? And whoever wins that game, especially if it's Oklahoma, then you want Texas to lose, obviously, to, to Kansas State. But if not, you want the loser of that game to lose again, right? The winner can go undefeated for all we care or for all K-State fans care, right? I mean, if, if, you can, if you can yeah, squeeze yeah. into the second second spot, it's oh, fine. absolutely, just like they did last year, and they literally squeezed in because yeah. it took a Texas losing, you know, a third game to get them in there. I think somebody asked this. I didn't put it in the questions, so apologies to not answering your question by name. But if you're K State, who would you rather win this week, Texas or OU? I I think Texas. I think you want Texas since you play them head to head. And if you're able to beat them, that gives you significant advantage if Texas beats OU. Yeah, sure. um, and plus, it just again, if Oklahoma beats Texas, who's going to beat Oklahoma again? Yeah. I mean, if they're capable of beating Texas, then they're not losing again unless they really screw up. And then it comes down to can you beat Texas in Austin? And I don't see that happening. No. So, yeah. I mean, you could potentially be a one-loss Big 12 team and not get in the championship game. Crazy. Speaks volumes to how weak the bottom is. Yeah, it does. It actually, it sounds, when you put it that way, it sounds like, man, you got three good teams there. No, No, actually, it means the bottom sucks because there's just a bunch of wins on the schedule. Reminds you of the SEC, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I have an answer, by the way. Is this a good place to put in the answer? Sure, put in the answer. The last last time Kansas State did not score a special teams touchdown on a punt or kickoff return, 2004. Mm. Who was the returner? Probably Darren Sproles. Why are you asking me these questions? Probably. Um, Yaman figures. Yaman figures and Darren Sproles did the punts. And uh, kickoff was primarily Sproles. 
He had as long as 79, but did not get in the end zone. So it sounds like this Darren Sproles guy just didn't Washed. do anything. After He's like that Lockett guy. I have no idea what happened to either yeah. one of them. From claws out, balls out? That's Is that sounds, it? Sorry. That's, that's yeah. good. Okay. That sounds kind of painful. Gosh. Okay, go ahead. It does, yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Interesting. Did you Without, experience that in Vegas? Never mind. Go ahead. No more questions, no more questions. regarding that. Yeah. Without divisions and because of tiebreakers, are we going to see more teams running up the scores moving forward? Okay, we can get into the tiebreaker procedures here. So tiebreaker for the Big Twelve doesn't matter, or the spread doesn't matter, does it? No. So that question there, um, if it gets down to quote unquote point differential, that's not a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker when you get all the way down to right before coin toss is the highest ranking by Sports Source Analytics. And it is a team rating score metric following the last weekend of regular season games. Huh. So it is an algorithm that will pick this is this is guys, don't don't freak out. I'm this freaking is, out. This is all the way down the list. Well, but no. Right. But it, it used to be the college football playoff rankings. Right. But and I looked this up, the ACC you they you know it's, I think it was 2016 they used the same company or they would have had there been a three-way tie for a certain scenario they paid like $10,000 for this I don't know I'm sure the Big 12 is paying five mm-hmm. figures or something for this analytics I tried looking up to see if you could plug it in and see but you can't really figure it out right now so it's kind of a secret thing and if it gets down to this it's going to be disastrous but before that um the the tiebreakers are win percentage against the next highest common opponent so if you're tied with let's say oklahoma um texas is going to be the highest opponent if you're k-state theoretically okay so k-state shares opponents with oklahoma uh, I gotta get, find the right season here. Jeez, yeah. this back up here. Um, Texas, course, yeah, of course, Texas. Um, Iowa State, which they beat. UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, not West Virginia, not BYU, and TCU. So as those teams fall in the, you know, standings, as they rank in the standings, they'll go to the whoever's the second best team behind Texas that on a shared schedule. Did you both beat them? Okay. See, the problem is that they both end up 10-1, and one, or excuse me, 8-1 and one in the conference with their lone loss to Texas. None of that will be accurate. They'll all have beaten everyone. They both will have beaten everyone else. So you'll get down that list pretty quickly. Yeah. Then the next one is win percentage against the next highest place. Did I just say that? The next highest place? Well, it goes down. Yeah, yeah, head to head. Then, yeah, then common, yeah, you go through all your common opponents, and if you run out of common opponents... Um, it's the win percentage against all common conference opponents. Which would be the same. Which would be the same, I think. Yeah, it has to be if you're yeah. one in the conference with a shared loss. It's going to come down yeah. to that metric. And then the fourth tiebreaker is combined win percentage in conference games of conference opponents. So the conference opponents, so everyone you played, or no, yeah, I think everyone that you played together. Maybe it all works out equal. No, that this is your opponents. So how they played. So like, let's say K State K State plays TCU and TCU does well and KU does well and Iowa State does well and then like you know let's say that BYU and Cincinnati do poorly. That's where K State would beat OU in this tiebreaker scenario. It's not all the it's not all the same. That might work on K State. That is probably where. 
most tiebreakers are going to end is so, based on opponent. You know, if if it gets that far, layman's terms, what was that? So you take the nine teams that you did play, and you average out their conference record, okay. what their winning okay. losing percentage are in conference games, compared to the nine teams Kansas State played. So it's basically strength of schedule. Yes, essentially, as, yes. as it played out on the field. Yeah, you're right. And then after that, it becomes total number of wins in a 12 game season. So that's that's where K State would trip up if you're going against OU. That loss at Mizzou potentially could, if you lose to Texas, and if OU's only losses to Texas, and K State's eight and one, and, and OU, OU's eight and one. OU they, yeah. of all schools benefits from not playing a Power Five in the yeah. non conference. Now look, they had a great reason why they couldn't. But still, still, Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa is trash. Well, they throttled SMU. They're pretty good. Don't give me the SMU is pretty good. Don't. Don't do that. No. Nope. I'm not falling for it. Are you falling for it, Gilbert? No. You look like you're falling for it. No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, so it would no. be... Yeah, so two and th- tiebreakers two and three, you'd think that they would be the same because your win percentage against all common opponents is the third tiebreaker, and then the second tiebreaker is next highest place common opponent. If you don't get through all of those, you're surely going to have the same record there. But where it breaks is that fourth tiebreaker of your opponent's strength of schedule, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've answered that question. So there you go. I don't think we're going to have to get to sports source analytics, but if we do, the conspiracies will fly. Well, we won't because of the where's loss it, of Where's it headquartered at? Is it in the state of Texas? I don't know. The ACC used it, or they planned on using it at some point. Man, I hope this, this company is some nerd coder that loves sports, and he's making all this money just working on his basement just like uh, it's all doing it automatically when the results come in. And he's just making a mint. I want that. I love that for him. Or her. I love it. He's just hoping he gets tapped on. Hey, we need the algorithm. It's time. <laughs> I find it very interesting that conferences trust this selected source. It must be thought of as accurate. Highly accurate. By season's end. Most algorithms don't mean jack until the end because you don't have all the data. It wouldn't surprise me if point differential was a part of the algorithm. algorithm. Yep. So maybe Gilbert is right. No, I hate, I hate it when he's right. What if it is just point differential? And That's all it is. And they don't like want to some, say it. Like some guy, some guys charge a big money for this. It's just point. He's just, he literally didn't even have an algorithm. Or he just, just writes down the numbers. Or it's just a front. <laughs> He writes all of them down, puts them in a hat, and like, eh, here you go. Hey, my name's Tony. I run the sports analytics. I would like you to pay me to make your team higher. That's how it's going to work. It's a ping pong ball. Back to our ping pong ball. Ryan Gilbert with your next question. Interesting. Is that a compliment? Yeah, no. Thank you. Okay. No. Last question. Basketball from CardioCat78. Oh. Are you going to Jer- answer this one? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Does Jerome Tang and K-State have the additions and year of experience to take this team to the Big 12 championship this year. And now we turn it over to GoPowerCat's own basketball analytics expert, your coverage god of K-State basketball, Ryan Gilbert. If you want my opinion, that'll cost you about $500,000. Ryan Gilbert's wow. no longer with the company, <laughs> so we're going to have to move on. 
Uh, no, that would be my quick answer to this. I, I think the Big 12A is a lot better this year, especially at the top. It's going to be really hard to get past Kansas. And then there's a lot of, you know, three, four, five teams that have a, a good chance to, to make a run as well. So I'll go no. Naquan Tomlin has to stay out of foul trouble, stay on the court, and really take that step forward. Cam Carter's got to be a star. Kaluma, things have to pan out with Perry as well. A lot of things are going to have to go right for this K-State team to even flirt with the Big 12 championship. I, I, be a top-half team in the Big 12, no question. To get to that, you know, to be a, a champion in the Big 12, man, that's tough. I mean, what KU did in the portal is spooky scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, except for that one guy. Yeah. Got arrested. That guy. This is true. He, he never mind. See, I think I think the answer to the question it's is gotta be a funny joke, but yeah. completely inappropriate. Yeah. I don't know if last year's experience and the additions are gonna be enough. Because I think last year going into the season at the same point, I would have said K-State would be lucky to make the first four of the tournament based on what, you know, the roster turnover, the coaching change, the fact that Jerome Tang had never been a head coach before. I mean, there was a lot of question marks going into last season. And he over-delivered. The entire team over-delivered. I don't want to be overconfident based on what last year was and the additions because they lost a couple of key pieces. Yes, I'd say so. So maybe they can win it, but at the same time, maybe they can be seventh or eighth in the conference. I would think top half. I would expect top half, you know, seven or higher. But I am willing to wait and see. You are. I am willing. But you may not. For you. You may not. You're willing, but you. Yeah. yeah I mean, I I don't want to discount anything from this program after what I saw last year. We thought they were picked last. Reminder: yeah. they were picked last, and they ended up pretty good. Um, so I I'm not going to put any kind of negative vibe on this program until I see the negative. Nobody expected what happened last season. Do I think Kaluma and Perry? Substitute in for Noel and Johnson? No. I mean, close, but, you know, it's hard to assess what the assists from Marquise Noel meant for this team, his creativity meant for this team. But you mentioned one guy that needs to step up. I think the the other roles in this team will be better this year. I just do. I think in a weird way, they're going to miss Desi Sills as much as anybody because he was a disruptor off the bench. But I think they'll be fine. Will they win the Big 12? No. Look, KU's loading up. You know What What did the NIDL do? Everyone thought, well, the tables now are even on KU. If they're paying players, now everyone can. Well, now Adidas just pays them out in public <laughs> as an NIL. I mean, it still is weird. But, you know, if you're in with a good shoe company, and they can do this? Hell yeah. They're probably going to try to use the Adidas NIL for some football recruiting, too. We'll see how it works out. I'm fired up for basketball. It's an interesting basketball schedule. Gills and I were talking about the number of road games to the new venues and distant venues and which ones we'll go to. We will find out. We'll explore that. Um, but I can assure you of one thing. Now, whatever the most 
cost-efficient and convenient for the fans road to the Final Four would be for Kansas State, they will not be on that road. They will be in Brooklyn for the first round. And then I think there's a regional. Uh, I think there's a regional in uh, Scandinavia. I might have read that wrong. I might have it wrong. And I think the Final Four is actually in sub-Saharan Africa this year. It's in Abu Dhabi. K-State was just getting some scrimmages in there for where they're going to be in April. Abu Dhabi do. That's it for the podcast. You don't like my Flintstones Abu Dhabi joke? I don't. Uh, Okay. Zach doesn't like my jokes. That's how we're going to do the podcast. Nobody likes my jokes. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.